This is Lindsay Williams, and you're listening to the Drunkard United Show. Bless your little cotton socks. That's one of our old school original ones. That's like one of our first ever intros, Mr. Graham. Yeah, it is. We're going to have to get uh, Her Highness herself back on the show again to do another one. As soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Mel did that because Villa won, and apparently Villa fucks again. Yeah. Let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Put you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right A.A. the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord. Look straight in shorts. Sam Grammy. Hello and welcome to the Drunkard United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the internet's from me, in lovely Baltimore, Maryland, is my esteemed co-host, Mr. Samuel Graham. Sammy. Hello, hello. How you doing, brother? Doing very well, thank you very much. How are you? Oh, well, I figure you're doing stellar after your, like, sizzling red-hot dart bet fucking hit. Come on, buddy. <laughs> if you're going to be a degenerate, at least be a good one. I was going to say, we already have one degenerate on the show that gives us bets. We don't need you to become one, too, man. We don't need you to be legitimately losing the kids' college fund, okay? Let me tell you something. This week in legitimate sports betting or in legitimate betting period, I'm up about 400 bucks. That a boy. Well done to you. Yeah. It won't go I... horribly wrong at all. No, not not in the least on my four-way parlay in the championship for this weekend uh, or in my five-way parlay in the Premier League, which are the only five games playing. He is definitely going down a wrong, treacherous path, people. We're recording at the DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Absolutely. It's very easy. It is uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at DU Football Show. On email, it's dufootballshow at gmail.com. And then you can also visit our Patreon, of course, to support the show, patreon.com backslash DU Football Show. And then the DU Drip Shack, which just go to the socials and you will get uh, that link where you can buy some sweet DU swag. Especially your straight out of sleeve shirt there, killer. Hashtag pants, baby. Hashtag pants. <laughs> and uh, since uh, Graham can't be bothered to check the email, and I finally got around to not being lazy anymore and uh, put email notifications back to my phone, we have an email from Keith that was two weeks ago that we're going to talk about later on in the show. That's kind of busy, man, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we've got to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Mr. Graham, we're both in different locations, so we're both drinking different things. How about you go ahead and take the first swing? What you drinking? Uh, absolutely. So um, first, just want to briefly mention, we always have side beers, and we discuss those side beers as we're about to discuss our whiskeys. We do that on the Patreon. Uh, for mm-hmm. the preview show uh, and then you can catch up with our weekends on 
the Soundcheck Show, uh, both of which you can get to for um, that one low rate of $5 a month. So just check that out again. I have got the Iwa uh, Whiskey 45, which we've talked about um, previously. It was on the top 20 last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a product of Japan 90 proof, and it is probably the closest thing to bourbon produced outside of the United States that you can get. Yeah, it's really good. That was a big fan favorite of everybody when we did the whiskey show and had everybody out uh, mm-hmm. on the back patio enjoying those uh, whiskeys from the 2020 list. And uh, yeah, really well received. Oh, very, very good whiskey. I, I love it. It's delicious. Uh, how much is that going to run you, Sammy? Uh, that's I think it was about 60 bucks on the shelf. Nope, right much there. cheaper. Really? Like 40 45 all right, so about $45 on the shelf. Yep, really great, great entry-level price for uh, for a Japanese whiskey. And also, if you're not into Japanese whiskeys or haven't or been wanting to try them, go with something you know. It's a bourbon mash bill style. So it's, a, like, like Sam said, the closest thing to bourbon you're going to get that's not from the United States. Yeah, absolutely. Very um, good. What do you got, Sammy? I am drinking a bourbon. I am drinking the Hill Rock Solera bourbon. This is an old Dave Pickerel project. Um, he's he would commonly call this bottle. It was the um, Chanel number seven fifty because it looks it's got the square look like a Chanel bottle, and <clears throat> this is a Solera style is when you have bourbon that gets aged in multiple barrels, right, and then ultimately finished in uh, in a uh, in a sherry barrel because the idea is this is the same system that sherry uses. Now, what they do with it is basically a pyramid, and the bottles, the barrels are connected by like pipes throughout, and everything kind of commingles and mixes together. Well, in bourbon, as we know, you have to have brand new American white oak, or you can't call it a bourbon. So, what these guys do is they actually do it all by hand. They have brand new uh, bourbon in, in American white oak that normally sits for about two years. Then it makes its way into first a round of, um, once used bourbon barrels, then another round of once used bourbon barrels, and then finishes up in an Oloroso sherry barrel. The plan is as long as you have that sherry barrel never goes under 50% of whiskey in it, the oldest molecule and the youngest molecule of whiskey you've ever made is constantly commingling. So it doesn't have an age statement. So they've now been making whiskey for 10 years. Like the average weight of this is somewhere between four to five years, but there's 10 year old whiskey there's two-year-old whiskey. You know, it really all kind of commingles together. Um, also, not cheap, so it's going to run you about 90 bucks on the shelf. But that's also because it's seeing four different layers of wood. And then when they do this, when they take whiskey out of the Oloroso sherry barrel, they do that by hand because they can't dump the whole barrel. You can't just roll it over and dump it. So then you take out the right amount, then you have to take a little bit out of all the third barrels, put it into the Oloroso barrel. Then you have to take a little bit out of all the second aged barrels, put it into the third aged barrels. Then you have to dump new whiskey and top off all the second barrels while you make whiskey to put in new barrels again. So it's very, very labor intensive. So whenever you see something on a price point level, uh, the way you can tell if you're getting worked for something like it's you know a unicorn or a popular bottle, Something like Eagle Rare, while a good whiskey should not run you more than 40 bucks. You'll see it everywhere for 75 because they know everybody wants it and they're going to work you over for a price. When you start to see um, more expensive whiskeys, 
look at what they're doing to it. If it's seen an extra barrel, if it's seen a long period of time in that said first barrel, that will typically lead you to know this is what you're paying for. You're paying for something that's 15 years old or you're paying for something that's been finished in a cognac barrel because it's very expensive or a sherry barrel or Madeira barrel, whatever it ends up being. So Exactly. Um, but lovely little whiskey oh. and i'm glad to uh revisit it again yeah hill rock is awesome i love that brand um it's just very expensive so mm -hmm. if you come across a bottle grab it and and treasure that uh but remember also everyone which we won't do tonight because we're both in our own homes uh drink responsibly excellent excellent again uh more meta i'm getting texts from uh that gotta bleep that uh from someone uh regarding uh things later on in the show anywho sammy Let's get into the action as I stumble all over myself. Let's do that. Wonderful. All right. We start with the games that weren't played, as the Omicron variant has unfortunately become the headline in place of the matches. Brentford Man United, Burnley Watford, Leicester City Tottenham, all postponed. Graham, why don't you explain the ruling that goes behind why a game and how a game is postponed by the Premier League? Absolutely. So I found this uh, as reported on by Sky Sports. Uh, the rules uh, state that the 2021-2022 Premier League handbook uh, includes COVID protocols. It states that the Premier League's board will only, quote, only permit the rearrangement or postponement of a league match in exceptional circumstances, end quote. The board makes calls on a case-by-case -case basis. And by way of guidance, the Premier League says permission for postponement will not be granted if a club have 14 or more players from their squad list available. Uh, Sky Sports News understands the Premier League turned down further requests from clubs for games to be postponed due to COVID uh, cases during the week commencing de uh, December 13th. Then we find out that Leicester Tottenham, at the time that I read this and put this in, copy and pasted it into my notes to read to you today, Leicester Tottenham was still a go at that point. Mm -hmm. Then they weren't. Mm -hmm. I heard on another uh, 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 one of the talk sports shows that I listened to on Sirius XM, uh, the uh, British radio station, sports talk station, um, basically said that as long if you don't have to shut your training ground down, uh, that's in a quote unquote exceptional circumstance. Um, and then 14 or more players from the squad list being available. So you do have three subs available to you. Plus you can fill out with Academy players. Uh, then the game should go forward as you've already stated in an off air rant. You all had eight first team players missing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But now but, a couple of those were due to regular injuries, right? Oh, all of them were due to regular injuries. We, we apparently can't pass around the ball, and we can't pass around COVID either, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so it's more beneficial, actually, for you as a team to get COVID than pull a hamstring. Yeah, yeah, it, that's that's a, exactly the case. It's um, Regrettably, it, it feels like this is actually setting up somewhat of an unfair advantage for teams, especially considering it's the December window, so there's a lot of fucking games going on right now, too. Yeah, and to, to an extent, I understand what you're saying. Um, a lot of the old adage, Tottenham will now, if they don't play this weekend, Tottenham will have four games in hand on that top four mm -hmm. and still be right around the number of points, right? The the old, you know, coach's adage that I'd rather have the points on the board than the games in hand, 
I think is going to to see this season uh, be proven this season. I think it's going to play out, and and we're going to really see what happens when the pressure's on, and if you can beat who you're supposed to beat in that situation. Because right. the league's going to be essentially wrapped up, you know, at some point or another, and. Tottenham's going to have to play these games against Brighton, against Burnley, uh, and then, you know, Leicester now. Mm-hmm. And where they want to be in the profile of coach they have, they're going to need to win those games to put those points that they have in hand on the board and, you know, quote-unquote, fly to the heights that they strive to be at. But if you're staring at we have to win all of these or we're not in Europe again, yeah, can they can they get the job done? You know, yeah. it's an added level of pressure. Yeah, it it I mean it is, but you also get to rest when everybody else is playing fast and furious right now, and those people could be losing points. Right? Again, Everton had a couple of cases of COVID; they wouldn't have played today. Now, fortunately, they got a result, but you know, like it, it feels. I mean, and I certainly ultimately public safety is the most important thing. But let's also face it. These are professional football clubs. They are within a bubble. So if a lot of these guys are getting COVID, a lot, real quick, Sam, and then I'll let you add your thought. If a lot of these guys are getting COVID, what the fuck is their team letting them go out and do? Why aren't they keeping a closer eye on them? Why aren't they keeping them in fucking check? These are, these are commodities. These are valuable commodities to their football club. Um, so the player bubble thing that we saw last season has not been in place this season mm-hmm. because all of the restrictions have since eased based on the British government and Premier League um, recommendations. They've only been down to one PCR test per week as opposed to two. Right. They haven't done the flow testing um, uh, every day as they, they were, uh, which they are now reinstituting after the record number of cases, even higher than the initial pandemic um they saw 42 positive tests last week amongst the 20 Premier league clubs in one week positive tests yeah which is the most since the pandemic started yeah because during Um, the pandemic when they were on shutdown there was maybe one or two an entire week i mean even a month ago there was only one or two uh maybe four but that's it they the bubbles have shut down because things were opening up things were quote unquote getting better now whether or not these athletes have had the jab have gotten the shot i don't know Uh, and it's their business you know at at, at this point Uh, i know a lot of employers are starting to mandate that their their people get them and take from that what you will uh if you know i personally believe in it i got it you know, I still got COVID, but, uh, you know, I smoked for 16 years and didn't end up in the hospital. So I think it worked. Right. And also in the case of those players, let's think about it. They're well-oiled machines. They're in the best physical condition of their life. You can kind of understand even, even in the United States where, where some of them go, I don't know a hundred percent what the fuck this is. I know everything I put into my body, like everything that I put into my body. And if I don't feel 100% confident in something, maybe I don't want to. Now, I, again, I'm with you. I've double-vaxxed and boosted, but Listen, that's the, argu- the argument. The argument I would have against that is Jamie Vardy dips 
and or smokes drinks red bull yeah not calling him out saying he hasn't been jad but just as an example uh, and then Sam, yaya tore or yaya tore remember or no, mm-hmm. i'm sorry Cole tore getting banned for six months because of diet supplements that contained a performance enhancing drug in them uh sam i do insist that if you're going to refer to um <laughs> one mr vardy you refer to him by his christian name jamie fucking vardy please well, I didn't want to absolutely call him out, but sure, Jamie fucking Vardy. Yeah, we're going to talk. Right. You got to call him by his, his God given name. You know that's very important. Now, no, I, here's... I get that. A lot of uh, one report I heard again on 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 Talk Sport today was that a lot of players are you know were nervous because they thought it was going to make them sterile. Right. Which, and honestly, that I love to hear that. That's fine. Great. At least you have a reason. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, my wife was nervous about that. You know, she wanted a bit more research, you know, give it a full pregnancy cycle before I get this thing. You know, let's see what happens to the other women. That's an actual reason, you know, putting them. I'm going to get the VAR microchip and all that fucking bullshit. And they're going to track me. That's bollocks. (laughs) That is absolute fucking bollocks. So I don't want that's the shit I have no sympathy for. If you have a legitimate reason that you may be concerned, fine. But if you think the government is trying to microchip you so they can see how many times you go to McDonald's in a week and how many McRibs you consume, you're a fucking psychopath. I have all the documents, Sam. I've read them. I'm just telling you. It's there. We talked about it last week. The truth is... pens and 20 McNuggets. the 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 truth is out there, buddy. Telling you what. Social social checklist on your uh, to be allowed to go outside. It's coming. It's all happening. All all handled by the take the jab uh, VAR microchip uh, system. I'm just telling you, it's coming. You know what else? Since since we're doing it, every Indian laborer in Cutter right now, I'm sure is living it up by the pool during the day. <laughs> every single one of them. You're absolutely right. Good, good call. Fucking shit. Do you think the EPL should call off this weekend just so that there's no no problem with boxing day just you know what get luck we'll push this weekend back we'll find another we'll we'll find a middle of the week somewhere let's just cut it off try to try to stop this now so i think part of the problem is there are so many fixtures right now they're trying to get through as many of them as they can so in the new year they can then take you know as teams get knocked out of the cups hey you're going to play on thursday Mm-hmm. You're gonna, and they're just going to try to fit these in because right now I think there's about 12 games that need to get made up. Yeah. Um, if, if memory serves me correctly. Yeah, we just maybe. lost another five this weekend. Well, exactly. Yeah, and that's what kicked it up to 12, I think. Would it hurt to take a two-week break? Probably not. Um, it would allow, you know, kind of level the playing field again. It would allow everyone to be, you know, past fit from COVID. Right. But it would also allow some teams to get some injured players back because of this nonstop schedule we've had for almost two goddamn years. Yeah, true. All that kind of stuff. So would it benefit the league? Yes. Would it push two weeks right now is like six fixtures. Yeah. <laughs> so would would that be too many to make up? Potentially, yeah. Um, so I think they're what they're trying to do is get in as many as possible and they may explore like a two week shutdown. Um you know, coming up in the new year when things start to calm down a little bit. Very good. Very good. All right. Well then Sam, let's just go ahead and just put the nail in the coffin, right? We're not going to talk about if there's a postponed game, we're just going to say the game was postponed. We're not going to venture into this anymore. We'd rather just talk about the action because there's, there's enough 
bullshit surrounding all of this. So, you know, the key thing for at least our listeners, all we care about is everybody is comfortable in decisions that they're making and that they're informed and that they're just being safe. That's all that fucking Absolutely. matters. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And and I just wanted to. I saw the rules posted for the first time in an article, so I just I wanted us to actually, you know, see what that meant because, you know, Manchester United didn't have to shut down their training ground till Sunday, right? But they were one of the first games called mm-hmm. off for the midweek. Yeah, where just, Tottenham Leicester was called off two and a half hours beforehand. It's it's so vague. It's mm-hmm. so vague, and it it's and just, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And big surprise, in an, in a league that is the worst league in the world at implementation of VAR, big surprise they can't fucking figure this shit out either. <laughs> Shocker. Well, that's that's because they haven't put all the appropriate microchips through the jab into all the arms yet. Once they do that, VAR will be humming. I bet you. Just mark your words. <laughs> On to happier discussions. It's a no malort night for the DU football show. Wait. How about that? Um, and two solid wins for the two of you, but for some reason, the really one-sided draw seems to be the bigger fucking story. <laughs> uh, Aston Villa 2, Norwich nil. Arsenal 2, West Ham nil. Everton 1, Chelsea 1. Say what you want about Dean Smith, and Sam, I know you've had some feelings about this, but... Villa and Gerard are the perfect fucking fit. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect fucking fit. I'm not I, I never said that they weren't. I, yeah. I was just I thought Dean Smith was given a bit of an unfair shake because of all the injuries. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's a bad coach. I mean, Norwich looked good in this game. They weren't out of it by any stretch of the oh, imagination. They had, they had a couple of chances. And I'm sure Mel, you had some squeaky bum time watching that match. Oh, yeah. I I've said it before. Villa tends to only be as good as the team they're playing against. All in all, up until the 18, like the edge of the 18 yard box, I thought Norwich played really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought they were fine. Um, even Tim Krul had a couple of pretty decent saves in this game. He did. He did. Um, you know, n- not least of which was from John McGuin- uh, John McGinn in the eighth minute. I mean, it was a fantastic strike. Put it the, each bum cheek, each bum cheek behind that ball. Mel, Mel loves her, starting to learn her chance now, too, and everything for the club. Uh, I'll tell you what, McGinn, he's he's starting to turn into one of those oh, yeah. outside the box, and he's got an opening. Don't let that fucker shoot. He's going to put a good one on target. He's, oh, he, he's the Scottish Ruben Neves. Yeah. Although, here's a stat for you. We have yet to win a game where McGinn scores. Oh, really? No shit. So you're like, <laughs> just don't score, kid. Don't score. Uh-oh. Like, we need to break that trend. Um, yeah, like I said, pretty pretty tight game. But um, I mean, ultimately, Villa prevail. I gotta say, Mel, if you would like to talk about it, the fucking kids. The kids oh, looked fantastic. You know, Ramsey, obviously, big, with the first goal. I'm a big fan, and Ramsey's fine, but Chukamika, oh, my God, I heart that kid so much. So much passion and drive, and their debut, they got uh, almost an assist and a cross on an attempt. Like, yeah. they're just tenacious, and it was heartwarming to see the pictures after the match because Steven Gerrard is a huge fan of that kid. And you see a big old bear hug that he gives them, and they're mm-hmm. both grinning ear to ear. And he's just, he's a great addition. And you and I were talking about it in the car earlier. The thing I like most about Villa right now is it's not one player. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's... I don't miss. I honestly, I don't miss Jack Grealish because now we've got John McGinn, Maddie Cash, um, Target is actually stepping up. Mm-hmm. Douglas Louise. We've got a full team and occasionally Danny Ings, a uh, full team of people. <laughs> Uh, all working together as a cohesive unit, and I, I heart Gerard so much. Well, I know and, it annoys you, but and I don't care. You're able to insert these kids in the right spot. Yeah, so, you, you know, are. You bring in Chucky later in the match. He's able. He's he's young. He's fast. He offers pace. Like that's when you want to put that kind of kid in the game. Is it's, is is that problematic? <laughs> what? Chucky? You're able to insert kids in the right spot, and then Mel said, "Yeah, you are." <laughs> Do we maybe want to delete that? No, no, no. <laughs> but the the young players for them are really I'm stepping sorry. up. And it's eleven thirty, and I just assumed it was already du after dark. Yeah, but that's fair, very fair. Hey, well, I, I want to talk about Jacob Ramsey's goal. It was a great, it was <laughs> oh. a great strike. It was fantastic. But Dean Smith and and me were fuming at that defending. Mm-hmm. I mean, just back off, back off, back off, back off, and then get worked over by just a simple cutback mm-hmm. to give him the, the the half a yard he needed to shoot. Yeah. At some point, you have to address the ball, right? If if I was that defender running back, the, the other defender I would have seen out of the corner of my eye, I knew would have stopped me from getting a red card. So at that point, it's either I win this ball or Jacob Ramsey ends up on his ass. One yeah. of the two things are happening, mm-hmm. right? And if he ends up on his ass, that guy's there, so I'm only getting a yellow. Yeah. But instead, nobody took responsibility and allowed him to run in. And that now once he, you know, they gave him the freedom of uh, of Kara Road, he had a fucking ferocious strike. Absolutely true and brilliant. And Tim Krul had absolutely no chance, even though nope. it was at his near post. I mean, he... It, Oh, there was flat. no shot. No chance. I'm surprised he didn't take off. He was flapping at it so hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and 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 let's face it, he's also a lanky goalie too. So he's got a pretty oh, yeah. good wingspan. And there was no chance of him saving that shot at, at all. all. No, not a chance. Whatsoever. No way. Uh. Uh-uh. You got to start thinking now with Villa. Is that their? What is that noise all about? I apparently said something that made the A-L-E-X-A go off. Oh, very good. <laughs> Heard. Very nice. Well, thank you for talking to us, sweetheart. It was nice to hear from you. Um, uh, but then Ollie Watkins said, chuck a Mika back a ball, please, and yeah. uh, and put it in the back of the net. It was brilliant. Great pass. Unselfish, because he was well in a position to shoot. Mm-hmm. Just having the awareness to put the ball across the face of the goal. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know? showed a, a tremendous amount of maturity for his age mm-hmm. uh, and composure as well in the box in that situation. Instead of lashing at it, put a great ball in and get Ollie Watkins just mm-hmm. to tap in. I mean, that that was a FIFA goal, you know? I mean, that's what you do when you're, you know, yeah. beating up on 12-year-olds online. It, you was, know, you, it was so pretty. Like, you know what that was? Like, on it, all of it, all of it. That was a Man City goal. Mm-hmm. That was one of those oh, just yeah. tapping in inside the six because – we're working you that well that that's how we score goals. Is we just tap it in from the six. Oh, this, this, I see. Huh? You want the conspiracy? What's that? Jack Grealish is reporting back Pep Guardiola's training methods. Ah, oh, there you go. Oh, I Ex- like that conspiracy. Except for why? Why would the big six clubs want to help out the mid table? They don't. Yeah, they'd want to hold it against Jack them. Does Jack's oh, loyal? Hold on. Grealish yeah. is think of it as Grealish, Grealish being the, the VAR microchip. Man. 
Jack Grealish on Undercover Patriot. Yep. Fighting for freedom. Mm, that could be it. That could yep. definitely be it. You, you're on to something. You're on to something. A double agent. He's pretending to be a Benedict Arnold, but mm-hmm. in reality, yeah, he's an with, undercover spy working for the villains. He's, with, he's with every dive, he Benedict. steals plans. Every- <laughs> With every dive, he steals plans. No, it's Cavs Benedict. <laughs> Cavs, Cavs Benedict. Benedict. Perfect, yeah. Code name, Captain Cavs. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and move on to your game, Sam. You know what? That was a Gunner's Leapfrog the Irons, which is big, but that match had big-time feel to it, too. Like, yeah, that it felt was, like, it... this is top four. This is battling for fucking Champions League. It just... It was feisty. It was good. It was open. There was just there was a lot to it. That game was really fun watch. Yeah. Now we we've talked about before whether or not Arsenal has turned a corner, and I think after a couple of losses and then getting that win and then turning around and now we have an opportunity to get into fourth place. And in my opinion, we absolutely dominated this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think West Ham only had about three shots. I'm sorry, one shot on target from just seven uh, overall attempts. Arsenal's eight from 21 attempts. Mm-hmm. So we uh, it was one-way traffic, even though we only had a little less than two-thirds of the ball. Um, but it was uh, – Pablo Fornells had that one chance uh, in the opening few minutes, and that was essentially it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for um, for West Ham for a while, uh, and then Jared Bowen later on after a, a bit of a sloppy giveaway mm-hmm. uh, put a shot on target to allow the contractually obliged uh, great save from Aaron Ramsdale once per game uh, mm-hmm. to happen, um, which was a, a fantastic save. It was a comfortable height, but it was a, a, a fantastic save nonetheless. Um, I think Sue Fowl on a different day, if the referee was in a bad mood, could have been sent off for the first challenge. Mm-hmm. I don't agree that it was a red. It should have been a red. Mm-hmm. I think a, a yellow was probably good, putting the arm across the face and all that. Yeah. On a, I've seen red cards given for less in similar situations, and I thought he probably could have considered himself lucky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To be honest, but yeah, it, also a bit of a meal made of it as well. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but but that's also to be expected. Well, you you get an arm across, you get an arm across the face, you fucking sell it. You sell well, it. Let me, you let sell me tell it. you something. That's an appetizer compared to the penalty that yeah. Lacazette made a meal of. Yo, Jesus, that was you know. Uh, if we continue with our thought if, of the conspiracy, t- tyranny was a tyranny was a Scotch egg. It, Lacazette was a full fucking lamb. You. If if last week had a bunch of conspiracy theory penalties, let's just go ahead and add this big six one to the bunch because that was no. soft. No, I don't think so. I think it was a penalty for sure. No. Um, we've already seen it once this season uh, in West Ham as well against Liverpool, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened outside of the box, though. Um, but a a decent enough tackle where the player's leg bounced on top of the ball and got redirected into Jordan Henderson, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A foul was given. A free kick was given. Now, they negated to do the red card, but they did give, um, I think it was Aaron Cresswell, a yellow right. uh, for that challenge. This was in perfect conjunction, one of the only instances of consistency that we've seen from these officials. Right. Vladimir Sufal did not need to go over top of the ball in, for any reason. He did make contact with Lacazette. Now, Lacazette looked like he got hit by a sniper. Mm-hmm. 
And that's, yes, he made a meal of it, but it was a foul in the box. I think it was a penalty. And I think based on the evidence we've seen this season, it should have been a yellow card. Mm. And it's unfortunate that he got a stupid yellow before by going across the face of Karen Tierney. Yeah, fair enough. Well, the- so I think everything was done properly in this situation, except for Lacazette's penalty, which was fairly soft, yeah. fairly weak. And uh, Flapiansky got right to it with uh, no I, issues. I, I'm going to give you that it's a penalty. I think it was a very soft penalty, but I'll give you that it was a penalty. Um, and I'll give you that it's um, consistent to other calls so far. Um, I begged to, to, to ask the question, is that called at the other end of the pitch? I don't think it is. Because again, for as many times as we've seen penalties given, we've also seen penalties not given because, quote unquote, they got the ball. Is, we look see at the that manner in which lot. they got the ball. Yeah. His calf landed on top of the ball. Yeah. And he went shin to shin with both of his legs mm. versus the bottom of his boot or his right. toe getting to the ball first. His, his, the challenge was rash. Mm-hmm. It was out, it, not out of control. That's unfair. It was, there was a sense of a, a, a recklessness to the challenge that for a player of Sufal's quality should not have been there. It was a fairly simple slide tackle to make, and he decided to lunge at it, and he missed and ended up going over top of the ball. And because he has pretty decent calves uh, uh, himself, ended up getting a piece of it. But had he been a little skinny boy, he wouldn't have. I still think there's not enough consistency across the board because there's also that foul has also not been called as well. With the, with the assistance of you, I can't fucking tell you. I'll go back and look up all of them. I'm just you want saying. Me? Oh, no, I pointed, actually, out, actually, okay, I pointed out an exact instance this happened, and it was okay. called. Okay, Graham, it's because I don't know right now. But what I'm going to do is go research all the documents, and I will just I'll make your life hell. We'll do an hour-long show where I sit there and tell you about all the inconsistency. I'm, all I'm saying is, is this is this particular call is not inconsistent with other calls. The calls at the weekend that we spoke about, why our show was named Soft Penalty on Monday, mm-hmm. was because those penalties were actually soft. Sam, I don't, Sam's annoyed because I'm disagreeing with him, and he wants me to agree true. with him because it's I a pro-Arsenal agenda. I don't think that there's really a case to say that this wasn't a, a bad call. I think it was a soft penalty. It's a uh, penalty, but so. it's a soft as fuck penalty. If you say so. And I've seen people get the ball and not be called for a penalty. So, But it didn't matter because he didn't fucking score. Well, exactly. <laughs> at the end of the day, it didn't matter because he didn't fucking score. Now, the bigger thing that I actually wanted to get at about your club and it, beyond all this fucking arguing is your team actually wasn't soft for once. And this is what I'm talking about when I said a big game feel. You had a team who decided to punch you in the face and push you around and you all actually responded to it for the first fucking time since being under Arteta. Yep. And that's big. That's very fucking big. Because beyond, before all of that, y'all a bunch of soft little kids fucking well, we falling actually, over actually, on everything. Yeah, we actually went and continued to press. We continued to push the the issue for a change. Where it was we would take the lead and sit back and then concede and then have to chase. And, you know, this season we, you know, actually – taken the lead again and, and gone on to win the game here and there. But this time we actually took control, took responsibility and continued to go forward. And that led to a, a fantastic goal um, from ML Smith Rowe. 
uh, Tomiyasu was coming out of the back, uh, you know, was greeted by uh, Masuaku, I believe it was, did well to to hold the ball up um, and kind of get in his way enough for it to squirt out to Saka. Saka went on a great run, uh, cut inside, which forced, I believe, Craig Dawson uh, to come inside with him. Then he played a little reverse ball to ESR, and he went on a run, and again, back up, back up, back up, because somebody could have stepped to him and forced him into a rash decision, but they didn't. They gave him a bit of freedom, and uh, and he cut inside on his weaker foot and uh, used that defender to shield uh, the goalkeeper's sight and found the near post. It was it was a great goal, great counterattack. Um, but other than that, I mean, Gabriel had a couple of chances. I mean, he had a half bicycle kick, for Christ's sake. They're, they, you know, they were they were pushing the issue. They were forcing, forcing the play. They were keeping West Ham at bay and keeping them away from their goal, from our goal. It was it was brilliant. It was okay. a, a great performance. I was really happy with it. And this is where I say I think they've turned a corner. Excellent, very good. Well, that's that's good to hear. And I I, I think I would tend to agree as well because this was a tough one. Now the next corner they have to turn, win against a decent team on the road. Yeah, because it, the road has been, right. been a fucking. It's not even just a road game. Because great, you go win at Norwich. Okay, well, yeah, that's a road win. But I mean, let's face it. Like two weeks ago, a depleted fucking Everton side at Goodison. That's a game you got to fucking win. Yeah. And and you got um, and you got frankly manhandled by the end against a absolutely. very weaker side. So yeah, that's what, that's what probably I, your next like, big hurdle. What I'd like is like a draw at City or a draw at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know beating Everton or uh, beating Villa at this stage at yeah. Villa. Yeah, beating Villa uh, at Villa Park. Something, something like that. Even even if we did this same fixture at right. Upton Park. Wolves at the Molyneux, uh, West Ham, West Ham, well, it's not Upton Park anymore. It's the Olympic Stadium. Or, the Olympic Stadium, uh, right, sorry. Uh, uh, Foxes at the King Power. Like, that's the, that's the kind of, yeah. you need to win one of those. Now, here's the bigger question, and I want to move on to the last game, is... Really, four teams in what is, quote, the Champions League European spots. There's some other teams around, but let's really face it. It's it's really four. Right now, it's West Ham. It's Arsenal. Well, Arsenal, let's say it's Arsenal because they're currently Thank in you. fourth place. Uh, West Ham, Man United, and Tottenham. Who do you think's the Champions League team? At this stage, it's going to be hard to say because we need to see what happens with COVID over the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. We need to see who's got money in January to spend, uh, of course, as well. Um, I heard a, a funny what? joke uh, today on mm-hmm. uh, a, a, again on the uh, on the radio that said that if you can't fulfill your fixtures, you should be made to just pick a Chelsea loanee from somewhere across the world, and you should be able to recruit them in for two games. <laughs> I love that. Lord only knows there's enough fucking Chelsea loanees out there. <laughs> there wouldn't be a game missed if you were allowed to do that. Uh, but I, I, I think the, I'm sorry. The next the next six weeks are going to tell us a lot in that particular race. I think it is spicy. I think that Arsenal, if they can find the consistency uh, with with being so young, uh, I think West Ham have the the balls for it. If mm. if they can get a little bit of depth. Uh, if somebody's not hitting Antonio, this was his ninth game without scoring. Right. So if, if they can find some depth or, or try to share the goals around a bit, at least um, Manchester United look a bit more organized under Rangnick. Uh, they, you know, 
at the weekend with um, with Norwich found it difficult, but ultimately found a way uh, at the end of the day, rightly or wrongly, they found a way to win the game. Right. And, and again, they look more organized. So if you, if you, it, it's, it's shaping up to be a very spicy affair for fourth place. Tottenham with so many games in hand, they're going to be there or thereabouts. Right. It's, it's, ultimately going to come down to who finds a consistency, what money is spent in January and what manager has the goal to, you know, to take those chances when they come. Yeah. I tend to think we know what we have in West Ham and Arsenal. We know what we have. The bigger question really is what do we have in Tottenham and Man United who are both under new managers and what, what those new managers do and how that implements and changes the season. And also a big thing is going to be too, when you're playing the right team at the right time in uh, in in um, January with the African Cup of Nations. Absolutely. Like, you know, United gets to play Liverpool in January. That's much better for them than if you're playing Liverpool in May. Yeah, like, 100%, it's, exactly very, right. it's yeah. very different, Liverpool, you know? Liverpool and Watford are the two that are going to miss the most. Yeah. I also truly believe, honestly... Uh, I haven't looked at his his COVID status, but I think that's why you haven't seen Lakonga in two games. I think Arteta is giving him a rest now because he's going to be Thomas Partey mm-hmm. come January. Right, right, and the hey, the, the young Belgian he's uh, got he's got Thomas Jacques Partey's, out there he's got Jacques out there playing because he needs to get him back into rotation and exactly and, and it's, it's not like be he Jacques go, and Lakonga he can't exactly. go to El Neni because El Neni's going to be an African Cup nation as well exactly so. so it's it's going to be those two players I th- I think that's why it, in particular you're seeing that that partnership right now and why you've seen Granite Xhaka come back into the fold yeah absolutely England's number one my good friend Aaron Ramsdale. Get the fucking Ravon son. <laughs> this game is 1-1 because old short arms Jordan Pickford fucking got it done, man. He got he, beat at his near post? Yeah, also a fucking rocket, just like the one you were talking about. Fuck you. He also made a bunch of world... Oh, the last time I checked, he stopped, a, he stopped Mason Mount inside the six, one-on-fucking-one. All right. Well, if Mason Mount wasn't fucking and distracted, he probably would have bit it. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, sure thing. Very simply put, this game is a one-one draw for two reasons. One, the effort of of Everton is aside. You know, they just fuck. They weren't. They they played the game of this twenty minutes. We're gonna fucking win. The next twenty minutes, we're you know, and just and then when Chelsea did get a goal. They didn't let their heads down. They didn't get their heads down. They figured out a way to get one quick, and then they went right back to it. It was like, we're putting 11 behind the ball. Fuck you. Try to beat us. We're we're going old school Stoke on your ass. I dare you, well, you know? You know so the, the crazy thing, I was listening to something uh, uh, today about what happened to Leeds, right? And these are perfect counterpoints, is um, why you see – teams man city fans complain all the time people just come here and sit behind the ball they just do this to, you know they, all they do is try to break a play they're playing anti-football you know whatever the old jose Mourinho style you know leads were a bit naive and still tried to play their game and look what happened to them right hey, no don't Everton like, decided with so many injuries so many young players on the field with so little game time this season between them 
um, so little relationships built with the others between them that we've seen because they haven't played. They decided to go. We're going to break up play. We're going to make it hard for them and don't let them break you down basically and it worked to fucking perfection they had based on the premier league app stats that i looked at 19.9 percent possession yeah so (laughs) less than 20 percent of the ball less than one fifth of the ball everton had still managed five shots three on target and a goal yeah it wasn't until chelsea's 20th shot that they finally scored a goal Exactly. I it, it was it was brilliant fucking hard nosed behind the ball defensive rear guard action from Everton. Uh and it, it Chelsea with their own issues missing uh uh Havertz, I think it was, and Lukaku. Mm-hmm. And Werner. As, and Werner as well. Yeah, I think they were all COVID actually yep, protocol. All all COVID protocol. So missing uh, their, one of their them, f- Havertz was feeling ill, did not test positive, but they did not have him play. So you you had three three of their, you know, possibly top five, but top four, depending on where you want to rate Werner that week. Forward players weren't there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was it was a, a bit of a depleted team. But Everton without DCL, without Richarlison, without you know a, a lot of those players, and fucking Branthwaite is the one that gets the goal. I mean, it, it was a, a bit fortunate, to be honest, but he was there in the right place at the right time. He reacted well, and, and it was a good finish. Sam, we started a 19-year-old striker and subbed him in with an 18-year-old striker. There was a fair few names so that I didn't recognize on your like, team. Yeah, it was a lot of kids. Well, Branthwaite played a bunch during the... Uh, no, him, him yeah, I know. During, him during I the know. COVID restart in the summer. He had played a lot under Ancelotti. And then went out on a loan spell last season and has been sitting as the kind of fourth, fifth guy uh, on defense for a while now. And I imagine you'll start to see him play a little bit more considering that uh, Luca Digne is out of favor, which means Godfrey is going to be playing a lot more on the left. And with uh, particularly with John, with um, Coleman not being 100% health and also just frankly being 33 fucking years old. I think you're going to start seeing him play a little bit more. But also be 33 years old after a leg break. Yeah, yeah. It's still a couple funny. seasons ago. I mean, he was in his 30s when he broke his leg, and that's unfortunate. And still, you know a, lun- I mean? and still a lunatic. Why? Because he's Irish. Because he's um, Irish. Now, Absolutely. Uh, quick, question, quick question here about Chelsea. Now, I know they were missing some players, but their ability to not finish, this is becoming a problem. Yeah, and I, I I think a lot of it has to do with Lukaku uh, being injured first because he was on a fucking tear at the start mm-hmm. of the season. Um, he falls out of the team. You lose the hold-up play. You have to completely change the, the shape of the team because of that. Uh, and then when he comes back from that ankle injury, he obviously wasn't firing on all cylinders because he started the first two and then came off the bench in the following three. Right. Uh, and didn't really change the game when he came in, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, in those in those three games that he got subbed in late on. And now he's out with COVID again. That inconsistency of 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 um, of action for him, I think, is going to be detrimental, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest, to Chelsea's chances because they they were set up to play a certain way, and now you have to rely on the likes of Havertz and Werner, who have been inconsistent at best uh, to to be nice about it 
this could cost them the title, as you said. This very well could cost them the title. Now, the bigger story that I'm very interested to see, because I have not seen the post-game presser yet, but I want to figure out how it is Rafa, at the end, is able to lay on his back, take his legs, throw them over his shoulders, and actually suck his own dick. Rounding out the rest of the league, and oh, so that happened. Manchester City, a touchdown, leads nil. Wolverhampton one, Brighton nil. Crystal Palace two, Southampton two, Liverpool three, Newcastle one. Uh, just wow, 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 City, fucking wow. Like they haven't done one of them in a while. Like normally, it's like once they get to three, they just go, nah, we're just gonna fuck with you now. And this one was just clinical. So, and and this is where I wanted to compare your game and this game, mm-hmm. because. City didn't even have a full two-thirds of the ball, let alone 80% of it, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and City managed 31 shots with 15 of them on target. Chelsea managed 15 shots on target with, like, I'm sorry, eight shots on target from 15 or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't remember exactly. It's yeah. not right in front of my face, but T- it was a lot less than that, and they had a lot more of the ball. Typically, if uh, a keeper makes eight saves in a match, you're like, holy shit, he did well. He made eight saves. He gave up seven fucking goals. Yeah, like, it's fucking wild, insanity. man. Insanity. Um, Absolute insanity. Now, I just wanted to touch on the fact that Bernardo Silva got subbed off at halftime and had the first brilliant chance of the match and didn't hit it and fucked your bet up um, from, you know, from this round which is very funny. Cool, cool. So I shouldn't talk about my bet at all then when we do the betting segment because that would have been the perfect place to fucking talk about it. I just, I wanted to drive it home and drill you and kind of poke you a bit now. And then I'll let you like <laughs> do it later also. We, we've we've already established that you have decided you want to poke me tonight. We, yes. we have figured that out. The problem is, my good man, you're, you're the little spoon in this situation. I'm the one poking you. You got to remember that, okay, stud? Yeah, well, apparently uh, you need to do better because mine was soft, if I remember correctly. Yeah, excellent. Um, the- <laughs> here's here's a bigger question for you because we got to get this rolling. We, we've decided to go long again, which we have to fucking stop doing, is um, Bielsa. I'm not at all wanting to say he's going to get fired because Bielsa is not getting fired from uh, Leeds. But we know Bielsa to be the kind of that just goes – yeah, I guess my work's done here. Bye. Do we think yeah, that could no, possibly I mean, that fucking happen? He's, he's very much the type that says, like, I've done all I can do. It's not so much blase, like, nah, fuck yeah. it. And he's out. It's more like, I like we're, it's just not clicking anymore, and I'm going to be the bigger man and leave. Yeah, do we think that could fucking happen? I do. I do think that could happen. I don't think it'll happen before Christmas um, because he won't want to do that to the club. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, after the first round of the FA Cup, I could definitely mm-hmm. see it happening for sure. Um, all right. Next one. Uh, g- great. Wolves beat Brighton 1 0. That's not what we need to talk about. There's two very important things we need to talk about. First off, the Wang pulled a muscle. Well, that's terribly unfortunate when the Wang goes limp. It really is. Well, goes limp because of a strained muscle. I mean, that's. So I, I didn't quite see this from the highlights, but I heard the commentator talking about it. Apparently, he went off with a muscle strain, holding his hamstring, and the trainer sent him back on to see if he could run it off. 
Yeah, and didn't have anybody ready when he did it again and just grabbed and started going, did the universal sign of get me off, I'm off, I'm done. (laughs) I need, like, I can't do this. It's like, what are you doing? The, I hate it. That was Everton, Rafa would have fired his ass. Right? I hated this game. If if it was a woman, Jose Mourinho would have been yelling at her in the press. (laughs) It's true. I I hated this game. I thought it was terrible. It was an ugly watch. I didn't like it. The the one bright spot was the goal. Everything else sucked. Well, here's the funner part about it is that there was plus 13 minutes. Why was there plus 13 minutes? Because it was all spent on a referee's fucking arm control system for his ear. First spending five minutes on the sidelines trying to get it fixed and then just inexplicably blows the whistle, holds play, walks off the pitch <laughs> like the the commentators even went i've never seen this before <laughs> now i want to know how brilliantly the amex is set up that there is a camera that shoots so far down into the tunnel they could see the double doors which are full glass by the way yep brighton needs to fix that yeah uh, you don't need and, to see back there <laughs> yeah and uh and the referee standing on the side of a desk with his shirt off yeah getting as a they new... tend to what he was doing yeah but yeah no you're right they for the the first stop which was a good five minutes which is absolutely ridiculous um and then three or four minutes later as he fucked off down the tunnel like you said just bounce hey i'm out 13 minutes of added time <laughs> to a second half that didn't have a major injury and only had one goal 13 minutes all because of a fucking referee <laughs> fucking cheap chinese electronica bro oh That's my god say. the the for, abs- for listeners of the luke and pete show they must have had some zagreb batteries you know what i mean <laughs> i i I'd, I'd like to talk about the game but that, that that's the talking points of this fucking oh, game it, it really was it really was 103 minutes that game lasted um a really needed point for the saints really really needed point for the saints and honestly big letdown from palace i know it was only basically within five minutes where where the saints put off two fucking worldies i mean two back-to-back gorgeous fucking goals absolutely vieira's gotta be laying into them boys because you go out and you put up a performance like you did against everton where you absolutely dominated them and then in a match that you should turn right back around and do the exact same thing you kind of fucking pissed it off in your own building that's not good again just uh just like the game we talked about earlier zaha had that dream start right fantastic finish in the second minute or whatever it was um but palace continued to press mm-hmm. they had the chances they just couldn't finish yeah yeah exactly they could not kill the game off and when you do that you run risk of this happening to you. And James Ward-Prowse on a stupid free kick, right, from a relatively innocuous position. I mean, it was it was kind of straight on, but it was more to the left side. Pretty obvious where he was going to go. But he's just very good at that. <laughs> I, more more than anybody in the EPL. His, uh, his 13th in the time that he's played in the league, no one's done more than – no one's hit more free kicks than him. Then he no has one. correct yeah. that since he's coming to the league, I thought it was his eleventh, maybe thirteenth. Yeah, I thought it was thirteenth. Um, I could be wrong. Either way, no, it was definitely. I don't know what it was. Anyway, he's only I think it was eight away from David Beckham's record for top flight um, 
uh, uh, free kick goals. And at his age, very doable. Attainable. Very, very attainable. But he's very good at it. Um, I think he showed a few of the, uh, you know, what people were up in arms about him not being selected for England uh, in the summer. Um, because uh, Gareth Southgate essentially said we need players that could do everything, not just one thing. Uh, basically calling him a one-trick pony. And he kind of is. Well, yeah, but I think in this game he showed that he's able to defend a bit. He's able to pick a few passes. He's able to do the free kicks. I mean, not necessarily the first name on the team sheet, but also not a bad guy to come off the bench late in the game for England. Uh, there's, But there's also a reason why he hasn't been signed to a bigger club yet because the rest of his game needs to develop. For Palace, ultimately, when you look at the end of the season, this is why you aren't top half of the table. It's games like this. And now you've got the right man in charge that's going to try to make sure you all understand as a younger team, which, again, it's just funny saying, like, Palace, a younger team, you know? know, For, for For as old as they've been for so long that they're a younger side. But this is where you look at them and go, you know what, this is why you finish in 12th or 13th and why you don't finish in 8th. Because these you you don't take care of these opportunities that you should absolutely win. Absolutely, and and conversely, Southampton, while you're constantly in a relegation battle, is because you had the lead and you allow this comical set of you know fucking pinball to happen in your box, and then a very fortunate cross to find somebody that hasn't scored in what I feel like is about fifteen years. Yeah, exactly. And Jordan Ayew finally got a goal. Who, it's just who also famously loves to miss sitters, and yeah. he made a sitter. Right, but it took you know I think seven different players touched the ball before it fell to the uh, whoever it was that passed it to Ayew. Yep. Uh, so it's like, how do you do that? <laughs> so uh, final match, uh, the Reds just continue to fucking roll, man. Good Lord. I mean, even going down early, you were just like, eh, no, it doesn't matter. They, well, they, even they Jurgen got Klopp this. smiled about it. Yeah, eh, They got this. <laughs> like, they'll yeah. be all right. Wasn't a problem. Um, but John Joe Shelby uh, enjoying a bit of a resurgence. Yes. A couple of goals under Eddie Howe now. Oh, this one absolutely. from a, fu- a full 25 yards out. Waited for the defenders to, to unsight, um, unsight Allison. Uh, which was a, a good bit of patience, and then a great strike. I mean, it had venom to it. It had dip. It had swerve. But it honestly didn't need it because Allison couldn't see it in the first place. Mm-hmm. He was rooted to the spot. Um, uh, Jota <laughs> equalized. It was under a bit of controversy, and then also took him two stabs uh, at the cherry to do it. Uh, and then Salah took the lead after Mane's good work, uh, just four minutes after that. Um, uh, Jota's equalizer. Newcastle did have another couple of chances. And then Trent Alexander-Arnold. Trent Alexander-Arnold, a.k.a. fucking Thor. He brought the hammer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. fuck you. I'm scoring. I want to go ahead and uh, bring up our email from December 6th, Sam. Hold on, Uh, hold on. I just looked at my notes. I wrote a fucking screamer from a full 300-odd yards. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> instead of 30 and that just with as much power it probably still would have went in had he been three football fields away <laughs> not denying that one uh from our good friend and a huge uh newcastle supporter keith uh he says happy holidays fellas 
um, you are about the only commentators slash pundits who haven't stated the Magpies are already relegated as uh, no other uh, team winless in the first 14 has avoided that. Now that they have their first win, I have a question. If Eddie Howe leads Newcastle to a 17th place finish, should he win manager of the year for such an amazing feat? P.S. On a side note, solidly, solidly mid-table in fantasy. Um, if yes, I would agree. I think it'll be with a bit of an asterisk because he has 48 billion pounds to spend. Right. Whatever players he needs, he's going to get this and he's going to get in January. I think January is going to be a lot of loans next summer. Should they survive next summer? They're going to get anyone they want. Uh, I think January is going to be a lot of loans of higher end mediocre players, if you if you will, um, which could serve a perfectly good team um, to keep them up. They could go seven, eight, nine on the bounce and stay up and be fine. Right. Um, but the summer is when you're going to see that cash fucking flow, bro. Uh, uh, but yes, I could agree. If he keeps them up, he would be manager of the year. The only thing that I think may uh, unseat him, if you will, is if either Arteta or Moyes pulls West Ham or Arsenal into fourth position uh, yeah. for the finish of the that, season. That could win manager of the year for either one of yeah. them. I, I think also that'd be think the only Tuchel... thing. I'm not being biased about it. It could happen for West Ham as well. Yeah. But either or, I think, could also do the manager of the season bid based mm -hmm. on that achievement alone. Tuchel winning the league could also do it as well. That's really yeah, fair. Short. Absolutely. Especially um, now, especially yeah. after the position they find themselves in currently. Well, uh, one last thought, you know, Keith, we have been f as about as positive as we can be. You're making it real fucking hard, man. You're making <laughs> it really fucking hard. Sure money. All right, ladies and gents, this is Sure Money, where we put our bets on the table to help, you know, kind of guide you and see how you feel about things and maybe win you some money as well. Um, I lost this week. Uh, I'm now down $107. I have, uh, you know, another fucking idea for this weekend. Mm -hmm. But first, I'm going to toss it over to Big Sam, and I'm going to see what he's got going on. Seven fucking goals, and their most consistent off offensive player does not score. Um, I wrote, you missed a fucking sitter. That's for my couple losers. A fucking sitter. Like, the... The goal they score 20 out of 20 times, except for the one fucking time I needed to fucking hit so I can hit my fucking bet. So I am now down $1,145. Big Sam's Lock of the Week. Mr. Graham, the number keeps getting lower and lower. 11.1% of the time, it works 100% of the time. And I got to tell you, I'm still trying to just do sensible bets, but sensible bets don't seem to work. Uh, this week, I'm taking a parlay of favorites. I'm going to take Arsenal to beat Leeds, City to beat Newcastle, and Liverpool to beat Spurs at plus 250. There's no reason why that should not fucking hit. <laughs> Fair. But it won't. I'm yeah, already well, reserved. I'll be down 1,200 next week. No, that's not going to fucking what? hit. 
That's not true. You know what? Tottenham might not play. You might push. Yeah. But, uh, I, one could only be that lucky. <laughs> hey, I didn't lose. Remember when Eddie Howe took over? Mm-hmm. That was the first thing he did as Newcastle manager was draw. I didn't lose the game. Nice. So, uh, Mel, do we got our boy tonight? And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. Up late on a school night, aren't we, buddy? Oh, man, I hit both of my bets on Thursday night football, son. I'm celebrating. Nice. <laughs> celebrating. Yeah, it, it only took a last-minute uh, touchdown by the Chargers to push it into overtime and then a last-minute touchdown or a overtime touchdown for Kansas City to win both of them. Boom. Nice. Ah, feels good. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. It's, it's been a while. while. <laughs> So how'd your actual football bet go, mate? Uh, well, man, Chester City fucked it by scoring. What was it like, twenty four or twenty five goals? <laughs> I, I I lost track. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, no, I should have switched it because Liverpool uh, let up a goal to not cover the two and a half or three and a half uh, late. So whatever, you know. Hey, Arsenal won, so I'm not uh, fucking your team anymore, right? Because I picked Arsenal to win. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I ironed so. out that dollar bill last night, so I have it for you whenever you're ready. Mm-hmm. Does it say fuck face on it? <laughs> <laughs> what? You, <laughs> that's funny. What that's do you have this old week, Billy bro? Ripken reference right there, baby? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had something to say, and then I I just couldn't anymore. <laughs> uh, Pat, very important for you to know, uh, Mister Graham's dart bet. It fucking hit. Oh no shit! Nice. So you're three. You're three for three from uh, Maryland Live, man. I'd live. I'd live in that place uh, if I was three for three. But well, let me I'm tell like you something. I'm fucking four hundred dollars up over this last week. Okay. Um. Well. Yeah. Monday, I was kind of recovering from my Sunday bets. I'm up seven hundred and fifty now with uh, tonight's win. There you in go. The last. Yeah. It, like feels like it's january 2020 again like pre-pandemic and shit like sports are starting to uh feel like sports again but right, anyway don't, don't right. jinx it don't jinx it please i ain't jinxing shit all right um <laughs> and, and are you calling for, <laughs> are you calling from the bathroom on your cell phone too graham i, I have to ask <laughs> <laughs> okay we're doing our best all right <laughs> we're on we're on zoom tonight he's not in the studio <laughs> oh i know um, anyways, uh, so <laughs> that was a dig. <laughs> Not a dig at yeah, us. You uh, and I so sound anyways, great. I, oh, you sound perfect. Um, so it's looking like these games are going to be postponed. Uh, more games are going to be postponed than actually played this week. Uh, I wish I could take uh, the over under on two or more games being postponed <laughs> before the weekend starts. <laughs> that that would probably be minus two forty if if there was actually a, a bet out there, a line on it, yeah. So I'm just gonna take one bet this weekend because the parlay would probably fuck my bet because one of the games that I put on the parlay would end up not being played. So I'm just gonna bet heavily against the Spurs. I'm gonna bet Liverpool's minus one seventy to win outright. I'm gonna put three hundred and forty to win two hundred. On the Reds, uh, hmm. so I can be very happy to be down three hundred and ninety dollars on Sunday, and uh, you know that's that's pretty much it. It's not that's a bad bet. bet. 
it's not a bad bet right uh, yeah the, the spurs haven't played in a couple of weeks and then your first game back you got to play you know fucking liverpool who right now is on fire so yeah you're you're yeah. you're not Just you're like not you, wrong i think i'll be i'll be happy with a draw in that game <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean i mean yeah. today you got a hell of a draw i know you scored first but in the 72nd minute well we scored second they saying. they went up in the 68th and then we scored in the 72nd but yeah it was okay but yeah it was it's a gutsy fucking it's a it's a gutsy draw like that was yeah, it's one of those ones where you look where you say a point feels like three. That's for that's for damn sure. Yeah. So yeah. Uh we'll see on Sunday. But uh I'll be uh what do you all got going on this weekend? Y'all doing anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, Pat, I'll let you keep listening in the background. He's been uh, on the line for about 20 minutes now, just eavesdropping. Fabulous. I love it. <laughs> yeah, cheers, man. Hey, thank, right. thanks All a lot, right. as well, always, my friend. New York to go, uh, to go see the tree that got murdered in Maryland that on display in Rockefeller Center. So. Yeah, the Rockefeller tree this year is from Western Maryland. No shit. Very cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. So I lost this week, as I told you. I'm down uh-huh. 107. And um, I had a, a very cool ABBA joke written for Brajan and ABBA not existing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was going to put in the couple losers, but because ABBA didn't exist, I just drew this Powerpuff Girl crying instead. <laughs> very good. Uh, because I don't think... ABBA is a real band. Uh, anyway, um, uh, Riot, got- Riot Fest, by the way, in Chicago has formally invited ABBA to come play the punk festival next year. Yeah, because no one actually has a ripped ticket stub from an ABBA show. They mm-hmm. did not ever perform outside of 14 people in a studio. Yep. Anyway, uh, I've got a better bet this week. I've got a five-way parlay once again to mirror the actual money I put down. Okay, I've got Villa to win over Burnley, Arsenal to win over Leeds, Chelsea to win over Wolves, City to win over Newcastle, and Liverpool to win over Spurs. Now, if we go by Pat's betting system, I've already won because all five of these games are actually happening as of right now. Yeah. Okay? They're, they're going to happen, so I'm already a two-to-one favorite. Very good. Um, I'm betting 100 bucks on this to win 838 Okay, not bad. Not it's, bad uh, I couldn't really, with all the, you know, leads are in a bad way. Burnley, they haven't really played much because everyone they play has COVID. Right. <laughs> While Villa are actually, you know, building some steam uh, at the same time. So this is this is going to be enjoyable, I think, uh, for me. And I'm going to win real money and money on the show, I think, uh, with this one. All right. Uh, sure thing. It's going to get fucked off. Just don't let it be one of the three I picked so I can actually finally <laughs> fucking win something. Uh, it wasn't a bad segment. We're running a little long, but it was good. You know what makes it better? Kitty the fucking chicken. Well, Kitty hit with the villain's victory and is at eight and seven. So for the weekend, I gave Kitty Man City traveling to Newcastle. Kitty quickly showed me a photo of her and famous actors Alan Rickman and Timothy Dalton. They were apparently hanging out in Soho enjoying a lovely curry. Hmm. Pretty sure it was vegetarian. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely not a chicken curry. Oh, definitely not a chicken curry. Kitty is not a cannibal. 
Now, they have all been enjoying London. Excuse guy, me, I've seen Kitty eat a chicken nugget, so sorry. It's McDonald's, though. That's not real chicken either. <laughs> Touche. Continue. They may, have, uh, they may have all been enjoying London, but the guys are city through and through. So it looks like Kitty is picking city to beat Newcastle. Yeah, very good. That seems like a very safe bet. Huh. <laughs> Kitty's always been a smarter chicken. Maybe you should just take her to the casino with you and see you, what happens. You know what's you know what's really good is when the show runs long and you write a short Kitty segment and you didn't even know it was perfectly uh, fitted into the show. Uh, I thought it was fine. Do you know yeah. what else I can fit into the show? What's that? Remember to gamble legally and responsibly. Had a girl. Championship corner! I've fallen. And I can't get up. Oh, no. Well, since there was no midweek games in the championship, we have nothing to talk about. So I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by McDonald's, home (laughs) of the white horse meat. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, I knowing there was no games and knowing that we could have easily just removed it i didn't i just want that sound effect every week i just need to hear it i just need to hear whiskey screaming the 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 whistle drop and her doing oh no like it just well, yeah especially to- since we're live too and she's now timed it to perfection yeah. it looked like you said it live there mel it was brilliant mm-hmm. oh no <laughs> All right. Anywho, Sammy, let's get out of here. Parting words. Uh, no, there. Uh, I mean, other than you know, unvaxxed dickheads, there were no cunts this week. Very good. Excellent. Well, uh, boys and girls, next up is injury time, where we're going to uh, preview what little weekend's action is there there is. But we're also going to take a quick look at the. Um, we're going to take a quick look at the League Cup, which is happening in a week as well. Mel, you have a thought? Hey, Pat, you still there? Uh, yeah, I'm still here. Attaboy. Hey, 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 Pat, what's going on in your world, bro? <laughs> I'm just watching NHL highlights. Um, you know, I meant to mention uh, that, you know, the draw with uh, Chelsea was plus 1,500 today. When I saw that, I was like, God damn it, man. That would have been worth just a $10 bet right there. Yeah, yeah, that definitely would have been. Uh, Pat, do you know that uh, I, I don't think I've had a chance to tell you this yet. But on our sound check, you actually now open the show. We isolated you the uh, the last time, yeah, one of the times you were on the show. It. Yeah, this is perfect. So this is what we do every time we start sound check. This is how we start sound check. The hell's it going in your world? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I was just as hammered as I am right now. Yeah, and 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 the best the best part of it was is when that happened. Like the next day, because B- Pat is a huge radiophile like myself, he's like, "What the fuck was I doing? Why the fuck did I say that? I gotta stick to the script. What the what? God damn it! Well, fucks. The, the, also, and, it and was then, like right after a weird, awkward pause from us. Yes, so it was just like nothing was happening at all. It was dead air for about twelve seconds, and he goes, "So what's going on in your world?" And so and so as as a radiophile, he is both enthralled. And mortified that this sound clip exists because he goes, fuck, that's brilliant. That's really good. Fuck, why did I give them the opportunity to make said sound drop? Oh, well, that was a nice, nice isolation there. Yeah. Well, well, very, well very done, funny. producer Mel. So um, anyways, uh, 
please come check us out on Patreon. Sam has pimped it a fuck enough. You do not need to do it again. You double dipped in the first segment of the fucking show, so you don't get to do it again. Hey, next, you're welcome. Till Monday, everybody. Good night. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right day, yay, the fucking Gooner Graham. Stuff of a lord, but straight and short. Sam Graham, hey. Sam Graham. Hit the fucking new button!